listening to The Gender Rebels. I'm Kathleen, a cis woman and ally. And I'm Faith, a trans woman. Gender Rebels is a question and answer podcast that explores life outside the gender binary. A big thanks to our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash gender rebels. Hey everyone, I'm Kath. And I'm Faith. Welcome to part two of the NYU Langone Vaginoplasty class, where we learned how to perform a vaginoplasty. Or vaginoplasty, as they're sometimes called. Or vaginoplasty. Or vaginoplast, why? Aplast. Why? Plasty. Isn't language fun? It sure is. All right. So we got through the part where we're talking about the day of the surgery. We're talking about the... The sequence of events, mm-hmm. day two, three, four, five of yeah. when you're in the hospital. What's next? This was a fun one. Integrated health, which I was very surprised to see because there's certain things. All right. You want to take the lead on this one? <laughs> Your disdain is palpable. Well, I had disdain and you were like, no. Oh. So oh. clearly you have strong opinions on this so hold the mic all right all right so we had 15 minutes where we talked about integrated health okay first of all bear in mind that i am a scientist i am trained as a scientist i have a master's degree in science faith is the most sciencey person i've met outside of science she knows more about biology than i do at this point which is a little humbling So we're science people. We're not woo people. We're not interested in homeopathy or our auras or energy healing or crystals. Unless we're doing using these things to scam gullible people, in which case I would be interested. Refer back to Faith the Grifter, the episode before this, two episodes before. This is talking about integrative health. Hear me out. The Department of Integrative Health offers a mind-body preparation program based on the techniques developed by Peggy Huddleston, whoever that is, link down below. Using this unique program, patients can learn tools that help them feel calmer before, during, and after surgeries, procedures, and tests, and aid in the recovery process. This involves focused breathing, using healing statements or your own music. They also provide like a CD or or just an audio file, uh, a relaxation audio There is a one-hour workshop with a trained facilitator, and this also involves visualizing. Visualize your recovery and your journey home. Turn worries into healing imagery. Here's the thing. Faith is skeptical. I am not. There is empirical evidence about visualization and breathing helping with the process. I should say no. I am not skeptical about breathing exercises and meditation. Okay. I was skeptical when they brought up Reiki. They did say the word Reiki at one and point. And for those of you who don't know what Reiki is, Reiki is where you don't touch someone and that magically heals them. And by don't touch them, like, do you ever do that game with, like, your sibling where you, like, you're nearly hitting them, but you're, like, you're not actually hitting them? You're, like, going up to their face and, like, stopping, stopping your fist or your hand uh like a centimeter from their face and you're like i'm not hitting you that's breaky they hold their hands and wave them around like an inch from your flesh and this is going to heal you via the power of 
Magic. Magic. Yes. There is not empirical data to support Reiki, and I personally would never spend money on Reiki. And I was disappointed when they brought it up in the context of integrative health because breathing and meditation and visualization yes. have been found absolutely to be helpful. I'm not opposed to that. I'm I, just saying. I begrudgingly they... admit that breathing, meditation, and visualization have been found to have significant effects. I mean, I get that. I think recovery. controlling your breathing can be helpful. I think I think thinking positively can be helpful. Um, We're not going to waste our time. Magic money. is not. But again, this is again Reiki won't hurt you. It's it's like it it definitely won't hurt you because it won't do anything. It's like homeopathy. Yeah. It's like homeopathy. It's not going to hurt you. It can't. It's water. <laughs> it's like Reiki. It's not going to hurt you because it's touching air near you. Like that's so not going to hurt you. She even walked us through sort of a breathing exercise. Yeah. You might have been busy rolling your eyes. No, I didn't. I, I, okay. I tried to do the. I started doing the breathing exercise and then I got bored. So I stopped doing the breathing exercise. And, and started to roll your eyes because that was I more was, interesting. <laughs> Maybe I'll roll my eyes instead. I think I, I peeked at I you when I our just, eyes were supposed to be closed yeah. and you were busy rolling your eyes. No, I think I was on my phone. Oh, God. Anyway. I just, um, I, I, this is like, we, we talked about the therapy previously. Like, breathing, like, I've tried this stuff. I've tried meditating and it doesn't work for me. You're an American. Mm-hmm. People fought and died in Korea to preserve your right. Yes. To roll your eyes at Reiki and roll your eyes you shall. I shall. And again, I'm not rolling my eyes at breathing exercises if they work for other people. Right. I've used breathing to calm myself before. Okay. I'm just saying that like something like self-hypnosis like this is, or visualization is not going to necessarily work for me, but it might work for other people. And again, it's not costing you money. It's not, it's not no one trying to scam you with it. It's fine. This like, program is offered. It works for you. It's awesome. The program is offered free of charge to patients, their families, and friends through a grant from the new Tamarind Foundation. I don't know what that is. Donations are accepted. And the program is literally a pamphlet, a relaxation audio file, but also a one-hour workshop with a trained facilitator. And we are gonna do this. Oh, we're gonna go to the hour? Yes. Right, I'll let you sign me up. I will. Okay. Um, I like that it's a trained facilitator. Mm -hmm. Like, they went through facilitation training. Yes, they did. Mm -hmm. um, relaxation helps balance the endocrine and cardiovascular systems. It It is, we don't know why people get depressed after surgery, but we yeah. know they do. And we don't know why. I think I know why you get depressed after surgery. Stress? It's a fucking lot. Like, <laughs> duh. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's. I went through this more with my FFS and with my breast dog, but like FFS being facial feminization surgery, like mm -hmm. it's recovery just takes time and it's takes up so much of your energy and your attention. Mm -hmm. And it it's, I understand it. Like and it's, it's a lot and it's, it's just a lot difficult and it's work and it's stressful, but it is a very different kind of work yeah. and stress. And you don't have any, you might not have any past experience to draw mm -hmm. upon. So it's a lot, which is why we're going to do everything. All right, fine. We'll do everything. You only get your dick cut off once. In, you get no, your dick I know. I'm making a joke. I'm making once. a joke. Unless you want it exverted and inverted again. I don't. Again. You're an American. I can't really do that one. 
They Ooh. don't get to undo. In theory, a quack surgeon in a van in Brighton Beach <laughs> is gonna. Yeah, I'll fucking talk about the Russians. All yeah. right, yeah. Uh, is gonna could potentially figure something out, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend it. So there is integrated health, and there are options yes. for that, and I appreciate. We'll that. try it. Whatever. It doesn't hurt to try it. I just kind of I tend to i'm 40 years old i kind of know my personality at a certain point and i know kind of what works for me and what doesn't and i have the attention span of a particularly lazy goldfish (laughs) so i know that like i've tried things like this and it doesn't like i've tried meditating and it doesn't quite work for me because like i can't Here's the thing, listeners. I can always get faith to go back to any of the NYU Langone buildings because our favorite pub with excellent food is one block away. Best nachos in New York City. This is Pete's Waterfront Ale House. Link down below. If you're going to NYU Langone, do not miss Pete's. Yeah. Their nachos are fantastic. I also think they're the best pulled pork sandwich. Pulled pork in the sandwich, city, yeah. So. And the pickles are like super garlicky. It's like it hits you in the face. They're so good. They're good. So. I will be able to talk her into doing an integrative session with a trained facilitator if I promise plate of nachos. And you definitely don't want an untrained facilitator. No. Because they don't know how to facilitate shit. They are just trying to facilitate, but nothing has been facilitated. They're just talking. After we heard from the integrated health mm-hmm. people, we got our sandwiches. We My did. favorite part of the day. What's next? We did sandwiches and they did. Oh, they had fruit snacks, by the way, which was nice. They had like chewy fruit snacks. They had free it's coffee. literally all she needs. They had coffee and water and fruit snacks and a nice spread of sandwiches and pickles and potato chips and oatmeal cookies and a pasta salad that wasn't very good. Oh, I didn't okay. eat any of the pasta. It's a lot of peas for a pasta salad. I'm just all sandwiches I all the time. I think peas are okay in certain circumstances, but not in this one. Anyway, food was good. Food was fine. Um, so then we got to talk about the post-surgery and the aftercare support. And we've talked a bit about this. We mentioned the douching. We mentioned the dilating. Of which there are a lot. So dilating is literally... You get four dilators. We went through this whole thing. We watched a video all about the dilators. It had CGI people. Or Mm -hmm. CGI lady. Mm -hmm. Dilating her CGI vagina. It was very nice. It was very like... It was... um, it was very, uh, what's the word? Kind of like weirdly, like a CPR dummy. <laughs> oh, like the CGI lady, because I think she was transparent except for her vagina. Dehumanized. Uh, yeah, like very. They tried to be like very generic in this this person, and so it was. Um, so we got to watch this. They have four. You get four dilators. Uh, they come in a set of four. Mm-hmm. Someone makes these. Good on them. They're color-coded. They're color-coded. And so the purple one, mm-hmm. you don't use the purple one. They'll pull your hair if you use the purple don't one. Don't use the purple one. That's it's the, the, smallest. the smallest one. So you're going to actually... Uh, I had read about this before. This was something where they were like, um, you know, if you want to have... You know, you get your dilators, but then if you want to have sex with men or sex with people with penises... It's going to be, you have to like go up to this extra one. But they are not doing that here. They were just, and when I had my my first meeting with them, they didn't bring that up. They just were like, here's the dilators, which I saw the dilators in person. Mm -hmm. They're big. Oh, they're quite big. 
And I'm like, and, and they're like, well, one of the dilators is like in you during the surgery. So they know it'll fit. <laughs> they said we do the surgery with the orange yeah. dilator in mind. And there's going to be a link down below so you can see this rainbow of dilators. Mm-hmm. There's four of them. Orange is the biggest and that's what they're going for. And you have to dilate uh, four times a day mm-hmm. starting out for the first six weeks. Mm-hmm. And then you go down to two times a day. And I think that's for the first year. And then after the first year, you can go to like once a day. Hmm. Right? Am I right on that? I I do know four times a day. I'll check with them. Right after. It's it's four times a day for six weeks, which is why they say you need at least six weeks off work. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, it's going to be, it, you go to twice a day, which is why you can go back to work, because you can dilate in the morning, and you can dilate in the evening. And what this is, is just like laying on your bed, sticking this dilator inside you for 15 minutes. And hanging out. And hanging out. And there's a depth marking. They're called dots. So ideally, you'll be able to eventually get the largest dilator up to the last dot, Mm -hmm. meaning it is the most stuff as far up in you as it'll go. Yes. So this is all... What's what I'm looking for? Um, Not measured, but... um, Standardized. This is all standardized. This is all trackable. You can talk to your doctor. I'm only able to get it to the third dot. I'm only able to get the second dilator. You're able to let them know exactly mm-hmm. how your progress is. Yeah. It is all quantified. That's yes. the word I'm looking for. So it's it's interesting. So that's that's basically it. We got to watch the video of how to dilate. Mm-hmm. And this is the video, the short five-minute video. I will be well acquainted with this generic CGI woman. Uh, you get to watch that like five times a day in the hospital. They are constantly making you watch it. And that is a good thing. Yeah. Repetition is important for learning. Mm-hmm. And you will have questions no matter what. And this is what I learned, uh, which surprised me. I always thought that the dilator moved back and forth. So you thought there was thrusting in I thought there was like thrusting back and forth. And no, you do not do that. You just leave it in there. So that was surprising. You me. put it in and you leave it alone like yep. a popsicle stick. And exactly. you're the popsicle freezing around it. Uh-huh. Precisely. I'm going to visualize that. I'm going to pre-visualize okay. that. My little um, popsicle. Yes. So you also learn about the uh, the douching. <sighs> and so that's something you, you do in the shower. And you basically, you'll start with a, a saline solution that they provide. Mm-hmm. And then you do that until the saline solution runs out. I believe they said twice a day. Um, and one to I two have, times a week. I uh, one to two times a week. Yeah. So anyway, I'm wrong about this. Don't pay attention to me. I'm not a medical provider. This is why I take notes. Except for my van in Brighton Beach. It was you. <laughs> it was me the whole time. I'll remove your heart, whatever you need. Uh, I got you covered. So then you then you douche with apple, not apple cider, just plain distilled vinegar. Absolutely. Positively not. They said not Do apple cider not. vinegar. He said just anything with a mother. Yes. And those of you who do kombucha or something like that or sourdough bread, you know, you are only putting white vinegar up mm-hmm. your hoo-ha. No 
apple cider vinegar. No, Absolutely not. Nope. And even the white, it's 50-50 diluted with water. Yeah. So that's that's that. We learned about that. We learned about uh, this is where they went through the various colors of discharge. Hey, here it's going to get gross. If you want to skip ahead to the next 15 seconds or the next 30 seconds, go ahead. All but of it's, this surgery is gross. But this, this is really sur- interesting. This is the weird thing about surgery is that people talk about surgery recovery, but no one's like, by the way, it's all just going to be gross. So this is the this is one of the gross parts. It's all gross, and so human bodies. We talked about this. Human bodies are gross yeah, too. Yeah, we're so, so like bags of fluid and flimsy tissues and all kinds of weird shit, including shit itself. Yeah. Like, yeah, life is squishy and gross. Mm-hmm. Anyway, life is gross. So when you douche, yeah, crud might come out. Crud might come out. That's okay, and and including bits of crud and including strings or strings of crud. Yeah. Um, you will, uh, there might be a smell. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay if there's a smell. There will be discharge throughout your healing. So you're wearing pads basically all the time, like a maxi pad. And actually, Pat, at one point someone asked, what about period panties? Um, and that's okay. But here's the thing. The couple of times I've tried period panties, I just got them in black. Yeah. And it didn't matter because I'm bleeding into black and I wash them out and it's fine. But we, they do want to keep track of what color your discharges yeah. and here is why when you start out it will be red or pink or maroon mm-hmm. after some time it will be yellow discharge after some time you will have clear discharge so this is why it's good to have the pads uh-huh. so you're kind of keeping track of that progression of your various discharges and they warned don't try to go without pads don't think that you've finished up before you actually have Wear them. Get the kinds with wings. Welcome to it. It's going to feel like a diaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said period panties are okay, but, you know, you want the kind where there's a white something in them t- that you can remove just so you can track this. And so they said, don't, you're going to need pads until you've gone five consecutive days without discharge. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't yeah. write that down. Okay. So... Once you get that, they said it's a very easy temptation to be like, well, I didn't discharge for two days. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, so welcome to womanhood. It's just a bunch of weird shit leaking out your junk. You're just leaky. Yep. But all the girls are leaky. Yeah. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. Someone once said um, about their vagina, mm-hmm. uh, they were like, I don't know if I'm horny or peed myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it's just leaky for some other reason. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the fun thing. Yep. So you want to talk about peeing? That? Peeing. So, oh, yeah. This is the, they talk about the peeing. And we mentioned now the you've, catheter. you've had it pretty easy for a while. Okay. Just objectively peeing with a hose. I've, all right. So we've talked about this. I, I. Oh, we're so personal information. You don't Welcome have to, to talk about it. my junk. No, it's fine. It's fine. People right, listen. Out. People listen so that I hate to hear me talk about my junk. And they're all thinking about their junk. Like, yeah, anyway. oh, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. The only people who actually care about my junk are you, my surgeons, and weird, creepy guys on Instagram who message me and propose marriage. So romantic. So romantic. Here, let me send you a gift of a rose. If that doesn't convince you to fly to Saudi Arabia to bone me, then I don't know what will. Um, anywho, we talking? Oh. Peeing. Peeing. Junk. So, uh, yeah, I will generally sit to pee, because why wouldn't you? And, except, except, 
in circumstances where uh, porta potties spring mm-hmm. to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the, we were at a like, porta potty once, and I was like, you know what? If you can, just try to hover. And you had to remind me that yeah. I have another option. <laughs> I have the other option. So like that's that's what what really I think of. And like normally, if you're in a bathroom. If it's, like, disgusting as hell and mm. it's single use, I will, like, all right, I'll 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 go ahead and just stand up if it's single use. If it's, like, stalls and, like, every stall is somehow disgusting as hell, mm-hmm. then I, like, will get into janitor mode. I'm like, well, I'm just going to wipe this all off before I go. I don't know if I should do that. I, is That's that... what I have to do. Yeah. Okay. That's what we all no, have to do. No, I just want to make sure because clearly people are leaving these things destroyed. And, and you're not gonna poop. I don't, to I don't, do I'm it. not going to wipe poop. I'll find another... I've never seen poop and blood. Poop and blood, I'm not going to fuck with. I've never seen blood on the seat. I've seen blood on the seat. Other than my own, which I then cleaned up. Yeah. So So that I'm not going to fuck with. Poop on the seat. Yeah, poop on the seat. I've seen poop on the seat. What gas station of hell were you in? Is that a southern thing? I don't know. I don't know. People are just... We talked... See earlier in the episode where we mentioned how disgusting (laughs) humans are. So... Uh yeah, so if it's really disgusting, I'll I'll stand up. Yeah, but um, if it's inc- so generally you sit. That's interesting. Yeah, because I think it's, even at home here, unless it's at like three a.m. and I have to pee. Yeah, in which case I'll just stand up. Because and it's you easier. sit because of having the feet in the right direction. Yeah. Okay. We just we've talked about that. We have. So, I know. Okay. So, so the idea in the future. In the future, it's all going to be sitting down, or you'll so, hover, or you'll wipe it down. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and the thing so, is, you wipe it down, and your brain's like, "There's still pee molecules there oh, from know, a stranger," right? and you tell yourself, "Hey, brain. Hey, brain. It's brain, touching my butt. It's just my butt and my thighs. I'm not going to yeah. like eat a sandwich with my thighs. Although, if you do want to see me eat a sandwich with my thighs, you have to pay extra <laughs> for that. So, la la la. But I really have to pee, so I'm sitting down. Yeah. But. Those of you listening who have um, labia, if you've ever gotten a wax, like a Brazilian wax or any kind of wax wax, and you know how you pee right after, the pee just goes everywhere. Because your pubes were sort of directing it in one stream in the past, and then you take them away, and it's gone, and you're like, why is the pee everywhere? Apparently, this is what girls have to go through. After they've had the surgery and had the catheter taken out, there's spraying. It goes everywhere, yeah. Involved. And that's also, like, when I've had a catheter um, before, it's like, peeing's kind of hard and weird after a catheter. I think but that has your, to do with the... No, your, your irritation. Urethra, your, yeah, your urethra's irritated. Yeah. It goes, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's, they, they mention the peeing. Peeing's a big deal. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Frequency, urgency. They they said like, they will like have sensors on your bladder somehow. I don't know how cool. that will like measure. Yeah, there's a way to to measure all that. I don't know how you measure inside someone's bladder. No, the sensors outside. But how does it know what's in your bladder? Electrical signals. Okay, so anyway, they have. Uh, I gu- I'm guessing they have things on the toilet. Robots. They're like it's like Peabot five thousand. <laughs> There's like VagBot 1000, there's there's VacuBot 1000, or VagVac 2000, depending on which model you get. And then this is the third robot. This is PBot 5000. And PBot 5000 knows how much pee is in your bladder via, I think, Reiki magic. <laughs> and so they'll like know that if you're peeing properly because vag or mm-hmm. no, i'm sorry because peabot 5000 sends secret little messages it's quite a fucking gossip 
that robot. It sends, <laughs> it I guess, everyone. texts to your doctor. It tells my electronic medical charts everything. You can actually hook your Instagram up to it. It's like a <laughs> QR code that you can scan. That'll, you can be like, it's my Instagram story. Oh, two grams left in my bladder. Uh-oh. Your peeing's going to be weird. <laughs> You may even have UTI-like symptoms, urinary tract yeah, they infections. Said, they said symptoms. you're going to have UTI-like symptoms for the first week. And those are difficulty peeing, pain, things like that. Yeah. They're keeping an eye on it. You're keeping an eye on it. I'm keeping an eye on it. Mm-hmm. You know there's nothing I'd rather do than track your urinary symptoms. Oh, yeah, totally. And lack thereof. And this kind of, ah, it's normal. You were catheterized. You had a whole vag overhaul. It is so normal for your bladder to be like what the fuck is happening yeah and just just uh roll with it as best mm-hmm. you can until your bladder figures out the system yeah that is the post-surgery so then we had the surgeon come in we only had dr uh lubon langer lubon langer come in dr Zhao was unavailable it was unavailable working on some serious doctor stuff doctors are busy Mm-hmm. You know, in like the U.S., I hope in other countries this is better, but in the U.S., doctors work like 175 hours a week. Like, they work however many hours are in a week, 24 times 7. I don't know, someone do the math for me. Uh, they work like 10 hours more than that. They actually have to like <laughs> use a time turner or something. And this is like... after residency. This is after internship. This is just the gig. Doctors... Hey, anyone listening? And correct nurses me if I'm wrong. too. Nurses and like and like physicians assistants and everyone. They all work too fucking much. We need more of these people. Take your lunch breaks, medical professionals. Please take your lunch breaks. I know that you know that you need glucose in your system to operate at your optimal level. I know you know that, and I know you have phone calls to return, and I know you have orders to write, and I know you have prescriptions to renew. Please eat lunch, please. We really want you to. Mm-hmm. Do it for me, Kath, yeah. of the gender rebels. <laughs> so then they they talked about the the post surgery supplies. Mm-hmm. You have a list. Let's go shopping. Women be shopping. They, they clearly are. And you know what these women be buying? Unscented baby wipes. Unscented everything. Unscented pads with wings. Mm-hmm. Um. We were recommended by someone on the patient panel, surgical lube. Yeah. So different from sex lube, there's surgical lube out there. You mm-hmm. want the water-based, you don't want any of the petroleum product-based. Um, one woman on the panel suggested protein drinks. Sometimes okay. you won't be hungry, but you need to eat. I don't know what, are protein drinks like, like SlimFast shakes? I or what is that? I think it's something like a SlimFast. I don't know. I'd have or, to or is it those muscle-building things? I think things. it's those muscle-building protein We'll Google shakes. it. If you have a favorite protein drink, let us know. at questions at mm-hmm. GenderUpless or on Twitter or on Facebook or just here at Podbean. Mm-hmm. Comment. Um, protein drinks. Q-tips, apparently. Sometimes known as baby gays. So... Give us some background on the word baby gays, if you would. Originally, they were only intended for use on infants. Gay and, ones. Uh, gay This babies. was back in the day when gay meant happy. And so a baby gay is like, it makes the baby happy. It, ba- it gays the baby. So and it was so, for tickling? I don't know. I think it was for cleaning out the ears. Or the, but anyway, it's because Q-tip is a registered trademark of nestle i assume or disney i think yeah i think those are the last Either two companies nestle left or disney and, or amazon owns <laughs> and Q-tips. so uh other than those 
Uh, that's a registered trademark, so the generic term is sometimes cotton swab, but I like using the term baby gays. You know what you see sometimes? What? Cotton buds. Oh, buds. Like a rosebud. Like a cotton bud. A like bud. It's your bud. It'll blossom. Yes. And also it is your little friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently you need lots of pads and lots yeah. of lube. Okay. Pads and lube. Lube and pads. Because well, you need the lube's going to fall into the pad, right? The lube will go into yes. the pad and then you will throw it in the garbage and it will go to and you'll have a landfill pad. where it will lie forever. forever. I'm leaving my mark on the planet a whether permanent... I want to. I'll be forgotten within like 50 years of my it death. Won't. Right? No. Like I'll be forgotten. So who's going to remember me? You'll be dead too. We're going to radio out the gender rebels since it's going to go to all uh, the aliens space. in the okay. universe. The point is, I may be, maybe I will not be remembered. They say there's this moment. This moment happens for everyone and it's the last time someone thinks about you. And there will be a last time anyone thinks about you. And here's here's the thing. Even Sargon the Great, right, from like 6,000 years ago, uh, is still like some ancient person. I don't know. Um, Gilgamesh, whatever, if he was real. There's going to be a last time someone thinks about you because the sun's going to explode, right? So it may take a while, but like, I'll be forgotten. But you know what won't be forgotten? My fucking plastic. All my plastic grocery bags. All my maxi pads. It's all going to sit in a landfill. Not degrading forever. Until the sun explodes. So. There you go. Even if the sun does explode. It's going to blast off some of that plastic into space. It'll orbit the future sun. I'm just, This is my mark. This is how I put my mark on the world. Just. Via maxi pads. Nothing <laughs> that you said is incorrect. Literally everything you said is a fact. Except I'm pretty sure the sun exploding. The sun's not going to explode. It's going to expand mm. uh, into a supernova. No, it's not going to be supernova. It's going to be a red giant. Red giant. And it's not yeah. going to. It's not going to explode. Um, but it'll toast us. It's too not going to. It's not going to blast things off the Earth's surface. Most likely. No, but we'll be toasted. It'll be toasted. To It'll death. be nice and toasty. No, we'll be dead already. Like we personally, or humanity? life, if we don't get off the planet. No, um, we won't. Photosynthesis can only happen for another eight hundred million years. Okay. And so once that happens, bacteria, uh, anaerobic bacteria, or not anaerobic bacteria, but um, like chemosynthetic bacteria, uh-huh. may still survive for another, you know, hundred million years or so, mm-hmm. and then that's it. <laughs> I feel sad for their culture that's going to disappear forever. Well, they don't too. really have a culture. That you can tell, you that's fucking true. snob. Yes, I'm a chemosynthetic. I actually snob. think chemosynthetic organisms are fascinating. We mentioned my love of biology. Anywho, so. It's a little patronizing, it though. It is. Yeah. All right. So then we got to meet the surgeons. No, we, we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, we. Then we're going to talk about pelvic floor physical therapy. So this might have been the most important part of the day, and it I was think interesting. You were gone. No, I was there for pelvic floor. Oh, you were? Okay. I left during patient panel because I was like, these people aren't medical professionals. Just I've been they've been through. I've been it. reading about vagina surgery for like the whole time I've been on the internet. Like I've kind of read a lot of personal accounts and things. <gasps> so I was like, I can take a break during this because it's not a doctor talking, and so or a. A healthcare professional so 
Also, I was getting really, really antsy. Anywho, pelvic floor physical therapy, your pelvic floor is like the bottom of your torso. Like if your torso is a jelly bean, it's the bottom of the jelly bean, right? Torsos are kind of shaped like jelly beans. I don't know what a torso is shaped like. Like it's shaped like a torso, obviously, but like, <laughs> okay. That's well my Um The point is it has to have a concave your pelvic, bottom. Here's, here's, here's me. I'm Faith. Yeah. The, the pelvic floor is like the floor of your torso. Like the bottom. Like imagine your torso is a jelly bean. It's the bottom. Thanks. Thanks, Faith. Thanks for that helpful metaphor. Is it the bottom? I mean, it's is a- it the top? No, it's the bottom. I like mean- a jelly bean. Or a ladder. Or the concept of brotherhood. It's the bottom. I meant... I meant... They, sh- <laughs> they showed pictures of the inside of your gut. It's circular. Oh, my God. It's like... <laughs> it's an oval. Right? It's an oval. So, like, take a sphere. <laughs> this is the... I'm talking about the inside of your gut. Your your gut hole. <laughs> so... Your viscera. The, your viscera the hole. And so... It's the bottom. <laughs> the point is, you take a sphere and you elongate it, and that's kind of what the inside of your, your gut hole looks like. Your carcass. Your carcass. <laughs> and so the bottom is like a bowl, Okay. Which is where the jelly bean thing came from. I was trying to come up with something that was roughly the shape. And round on the bottom. And I round on the bottom. I'm okay. Sorry, hilarious. But yes. So your pelvis has, has your been floor. compared to like a basket. Like a bony basket. Okay. Especially if you picture like a baby developing within a uterus within a pelvis. So that's so the pelvis. So they're talking about the bottom. Your bone basket. Of it. Your yeah. bone basket. So your bone your basket's pelvis. got a lot of muscles and junk attached to it. Mm-hmm. That you have to strengthen. Why do you have to strengthen so your the guts don't fall muscles? out your new vagina? Wait. Right? Whoa. Whoa. No, I don't know. Wait. Why do I? I... Your guts are not going to fall out okay. your new vagina. I promise that. Because there's membrane that holds there's your guts of, yeah. in place. No, no. I'm don't sorry. Why the pelvic floor? You answer that one. Um, I think strengthening the pelvic floor, and the short answer, if you're wondering how, is Kegels. We'll get to that in a second. The idea is that's going to help you with urinary continence meaning the control over your urine it is also going to help you with orgasm and i think it will help you with healing so they were focusing on pelvic floor health for a reason there's literally a physical therapist for your pelvic floor i I made an appointment with the physical therapist good and so they went through a few exercises Mm -hmm. i've been planking planking is the first one planking can help work that kegels you mentioned kegels Mm -hmm. is like you just have these muscles down there that you kind of tense. The muscle you tense to stop yourself from peeing. Okay. Those are your, your kegels. kegels. And you want to be able to hold them tense while still breathing and having a conversation. Um, like I'm doing right now. Okay, that I did that yes. a second ago. Okay. Because um, people, some people can pulse their kegels on, off, on, off, on, off. But the tricky thing is sustaining okay because that's what i was when i was sitting at a conference i mm-hmm. was just doing kegels literally everyone in the room was doing their kegels at this point in the conference so but i wasn't holding it very long i was just kind yeah of i'm not able it. to hold it very long but so, i'm working on that as well okay um here's the thing you can figure out what muscle it is stop your peeing to figure out what muscle it is and then work it but once you figure out what the muscle is don't 
do that while you're peeing anymore because that confuses your bladder and your whole system down there. So just work them in a non-peeing situation. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's a big part of pelvic floor development. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about planking and other things, there are a series of exercises that they encourage all of the girls to do in advance of the surgery. Planking mm-hmm. is one of them, and that's mostly your core? That's all core. That's okay. everything. I did. I, I have planked a few times. Planking is rough. Uh, it's, Google it if you're unfamiliar. It's basically just kind of holding a push-up. Yes. And I did it for 30 seconds one night, and that was about what I could stand. Goddamn miracle. She's been sore and, for two days. And then I kind of went online. I was like, okay, how long are you supposed to be planking for? And they said that you want to get up to three reps of one minute each. A minute plank? A minute. Are you serious? Yeah. I can do 30 seconds. It's only twice that. Yowza. When I started running, I could I could barely do a minute of running. What does it say here? And now I can do 30 minutes of running. So, like, it, it doesn't say here specifically, time-wise. It just explains how to do it. Okay. So, I did three sets. I tried to do three sets of 30 yesterday. Yesterday mm-hmm. was my workout day. Today's my rest day. Mm-hmm. I burned 450 calories yesterday. Nice. All right. So, and that was not on the elliptical which is easier this is hard stuff and so not that if you're doing elliptical it's a bad thing it's great burn the calories it's just not toning so anywho um so the pre-surgery i did one of them i did one 30 second and then i waited and that like kicks my ass and then i did second 30 second waited about another 15 seconds and then tried to do the third and i got about 20 seconds into the third one and i just like collapse because my my muscles just start shaking my whole body starts shaking like they're like don't friggin' do this we're muscles not building supplies and so they're your muscles fuck them you'll do what i tell I you know to. right and so then they did heel drags which is basically just lying on your back and like dragging your heel slowly towards your buttocks while maintaining tension in the core so you're basically just kind of holding your core and then Pulling your muscles up, and that and that kind of works your abs a little bit. And gets so that. it's core, but it's also like your your thigh. Muscles. Yeah, is that your quads? I yeah, think we that's your quads. Because yeah. I had to ask. They that's were like, quad. they were like, for the next one, quad buttock squeezes. Oh. I like they're like quad, like you know what that is. But then buttock, they're like just buttock, not the muscle. Uh-huh. I didn't say thigh slash buttock squeezes. They didn't like they didn't say thighs or like quad slash glute squeezes mm-hmm. like for one they use the general term and they the other they just so i had to ask because they kept saying quad 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 and i'm like what's the quad mm-hmm. i assume there's four of them i don't know maybe there's two because you only have two legs um so that when you lie on your back with a towel folded under your ankles squeeze buttocks and quads and try to make the back of the knees touch the ground so i tried that one i couldn't quite get it to work so i gotta kind of retry that mm-hmm. just like i tried squats and i'm like i'm like am i doing this right i don't know and then wall presses, which is basically a push-up, but you're leaning against the wall. So that looks easy for me, but you've done a few of those. That, you're, it's, you lean forward until you press your nose on the wall. Yeah, that you're one's supposed to be not, really pressing on the wall. That one's not as bad. Okay. Um, the, anytime I'm doing an exercise and it doesn't, like, hurt, I'm like, something's... Or it doesn't, like, you don't feel the muscle strain, I'm you're like, not right. I'm not doing it right, so I gotta kind of figure that out. So I did yeah. the heel drags, and, like, I didn't quite feel anything. Mm-hmm. So I got to retry the, the heel drags and the quad slash buttock squeezes. But I did well, the other two. The, the wall, wall press says, stand with feet 
hip distance apart facing a wall. Place hands on the wall at shoulder height. Elbows should be straight but not locked. Bend elbows, bringing nose forward toward the wall, and hold a few seconds. Press away. Hmm. Again, like, I feel like planks are doing everything. Planks are the big hard ones here. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I feel like if I'm doing those, um, I'll try, I'll keep trying on all of them, but I feel like the planks, if I can, if you can fucking plank, you're fine. And it's something so... that they mentioned repeatedly that we will repeat for you, consult your doctor before starting any particular exercise program yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. So that was the the pelvic floor physical therapy. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. And then the last thing we had was the patient panel. Yes. So I stuck around for the patient panel. I stuck around for a lot of it. Faith took a walk. Um, things that they had pointed out is uh, one of the questions was, what is some of the preparation you did in advance? One said, keep seeing your psychiatrist. Keep that going through the whole time. Talk things out, plan in advance, and have an action plan. There was one person who was very, very young. I believe she had the surgery when she was 16 or 17. The youngest for uh, Langone history. And she said, talk out in advance with your caregivers. In her case, it was her parents. In your case, Mm -hmm. it's me. Unless you want me to get your parents here. Do you want me to get your parents? I can call them right now. I don't want my parents here. I can have them here hanging out. It weirds me out when people talk about their parents in a positive way, like that they like their parents. My parents are cool. Your parents are nice, but it's still like, wait, what? Parents are good? (laughs) (laughs) And they recommend having an action plan. Okay. And and you and I can sit down down and just kind of work through what's the worst case scenario, what's the most likely Mm -hmm. case scenario, what is our plan, because there might be some scary stuff. There might be some unpredictable stuff. And this person on the panel had said it's good to have a plan it is reassuring I think, it is, yeah it feels safe surgery recovery my question is invariably is this normal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um they had said they mentioned the caregiver will have to take over the patient's household duties and mm. like the caregiver no, assuming this is a person who lives with the the patient or even not obviously we know there's going to be care involved there's going to be wiping things and laundry and painkillers and bandages and pads but also you do the dog's walk in the evenings you're the one who cooks in this house i will have to take over both of those things i assure you they will be done very badly but they will be done no you're not you're not a bad cook you're gonna eat a lot of falafel and the dogs like you i like falafel it's gonna be like falafel crab cakes falafel crab cakes falafel crab you cakes. don't make falafel do you no i would you would order, would order but then we can just yeah. order whatever exactly yeah. um that's just how it is chores for the patient are just not going to be mm-hmm. a high priority they had mentioned lots of pads lots of lube uh this is an interesting thing the caregiver in the, in the context of dilation all the caregiver can do is encourage you and be there for you, but they cannot dilate for you, which makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. in my mind. And they said, don't hesitate. Dilate. dilate. They're very strong in the dilation because you can fuck up your new vagina. They are really If you don't big. dilate, yeah. you have to dilate. Don't get lazy to. about dilation. Don't just leave it till tomorrow. You might not like it. It might be a new sensation, but you have to do it. And that is non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Um... What do you wish you had known before surgery was a question for the panel. Or what was the hardest part of the surgery? They said, you're going to be gassy, which we had been warned about. Uh-huh. You're going to be constipated. 
This is written in all caps. One of the women on the panel was very constipated. Uh, she recommends Miralax uh, product. Um, they said the first time you dilate, you're going to poop. That's okay. Women giving birth get poop. That's all happening down there. That's okay. Um, someone had asked about sitting on the donut. Might have been yeah, you asking about sitting on the donut. Yeah. Apparently, uh, so there's a donut-shaped pillow that you have to bring everywhere you go because your precious new vagina and labia, you know, you don't want your entire body weight pressing down on them at first. Apparently, you're going to have that for four to five weeks. So four to five weeks until you don't need to bring your donut to sit on. Um, one interesting thing, I even wrote this down, post-operative depression. So like we said, with just with giving birth, just with, I don't know, getting your PhD, just with anything major and big, depression can happen. What they had mentioned is it might take a while to crop up. You might get your surgery and do your week in the hospital and do your weeks of recovery. But one person on the panel had mentioned eight weeks mm. post-op is when her depression yeah. hit, which kind of makes sense to me. It, it is unpredictable. It is influenced by what's going on in your life. And if you've got like attentive caregivers around and eventually they're like, okay, so I'm going to get back to work and you're headed to work in a week. So call me if you need anything. Okay, yeah. bye. Or any anything like that, it might hit you farther down the line. Yeah. And be alert to that and be aware of that and keep your doctor in the loop. I really like the patient panel. And I know you've read a bunch of personal stories. Mm -hmm. So you already had a lot of this information. I did. Um, so it makes sense. You, you also, I was just getting antsy. I right just had then. to. I get yeah. bored. Like I said, like I mentioned. It's like a curse. It is a little bit. Yeah. Even when we're home, I have to like get out and like walk around a little bit. I have to, like I bore her tremendously. I'm just getting antsy. It's not that you're bored. It's just that I get kind of antsy. But I find it really you, hard to like sit still for. If you saw the stack of library books mm -hmm. next to me, and and like that's all I do is I just work my way through a stack of library books until I can go back to the library and get more library <gasps> books. I I'm like objectively a boring person so this it's okay i don't think so but that she's know, bored whatever. by me but no i what did you think of the class i found it very helpful because i like i say my biggest thing going into this is just anxiety uh -huh. Ooh, surprise surprise uh -huh. and so it did help relieve my anxiety a little bit uh obviously it didn't erase the anxiety Not in fact some things it increased my anxiety oh really like what um just I don't know. Sometimes talking graphically about things uh -huh. can, can kind of make me go, uh, uh, but because of the gross out factor or because of the, there were a what? few things where they were like talking about, you know, where you're meeting with the surgeon or not the surgeon, but the, uh, the nurse who's like, I'm the OR nurse. Uh -huh. I'll be putting you down on the thing. And here's some of the machines that'll be in there. And I'm like, uh -huh. and I get back flashbacks to like, you know, ORs I've been in. Oh, and that was one of your questions. Yeah. Do you remember what they said? Um, it was just kind of, I don't remember. <laughs> so Faith's question was, uh, I've had a couple other surgeries, had the FFS, had the breast augmentation, and I walk into the room and I get nervous when I see all the machines, all the people, God forbid, all the scalpels. Like that is a very unnerving experience and makes me very anxious what 
what do you recommend? What what's what do I do? And their response was take the integrative health yeah. class. But their response was basically, you know, develop those skills to like do the deep breathing, to focus on something else. They're not going to bring you into an OR without machines and scalpels in it. I'll probably end up doing what I uh, did for the FFS and the uh, the boobs, which is sit there and go, okay, knowing the people who this have had that. This girl did this, this girl you know, did this. I could be like, this girl did this, this girl did this, this girl did this. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they can do it, I can do it. And that's sort of helped me. I love that you know what worked to get you through it. Yeah. You already have mm-hmm. that skill. Now you have your coping so, mechanism. I can in go place. in, you know, this time and be like, "All right, Jamie Clayton had this. Kim Petras had this. You mm-hmm. know, just mm-hmm. I, I can have this." And so that that'll help. I'll still be nervous. I don't think I can erase anxiety unless they give me some delicious, delicious Valium. They which, will, just not as soon as not you as want soon it. as I would like. I wish I the moment you showed up in the hospital, they're like, "Here, I have Here's some Valium." Your Valium. And that would be nice, but mm-hmm. obviously they have to regulate that. But mm-hmm. it's. That's what kind of calms me down until uh-huh. that, until I have that. I'm just going to be in like a, a anxious mood. So what did you think of the class? You're going to be my caregiver. I loved every minute of it. Um, we went to one of the um, moderators after the fact. Uh, you had some question for him. I forget what. I had a few questions. Okay. Um, uh, but you also introduced me to him and that was nice. Uh-huh. And I told him, as I'll tell you, this class is a great idea. Showing that video, the dilation video, over and over and over is a great idea. The class is important because there is so much material. And they could have an entire website. They could have pages and pages of documents. They could have uh, YouTube videos of demonstrations. But nothing is as good as getting people in a room talking to them and having them ask questions that is so so good and this is so so important i wonder if they do this for like cardiac bypass surgery or cochlear implant surgery or tumor removal surgery i feel like a lot of surgeries aren't scheduled a year and a half in advance because hmm. i'm like cochlear implants maybe yeah. Because you're not going to die if you don't get that. Right, right, right. Um, something like a cancer, a tumor, a bypass surgery. Like cer- certain things you're you're going to get mm-hmm. very quickly. And you're probably not going to have time to schedule this. But um, so- Knee replacement surgery. My dad had that. I should ask. Yeah, you should ask. Because um, surgery is a big deal no matter what it is. This one is particularly big. There is a lot of stuff yeah. associated with this of gender and sex and orgasm and partners and culture and money like there's there's a lot with this so if this were the only surgery that they have a day-long class for i wouldn't be surprised because there's a lot involved also i I have a feeling probably every surgical office manages their own of course things so they may have i think with this is that they are scheduling this because i got the boobs and i didn't from this doctor and i didn't get a class and you got the face and you didn't get a class. No, but that was a different hospital. Correct. So like this one, I feel like is something they do schedule so mm-hmm. far in advance mm-hmm. that it's, you They're can actually able do, to this. do this. Yeah. And also I feel like this is a very NYU thing to do. And I base this on two short but wonderful years working there where they are big on informing people. They are big on meeting people. They are big, for lack of a better term, they're big on customer service. Yeah. 
uh, which I really liked about working there and uh, and about sending you to be a patient mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And the time I broke my arm and had to go there. Aww, yep. And the time I couldn't breathe and had to go there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've truly got nothing but positive things oh, to say. Oh, and the time I thought I was having a heart attack. And your heart attack there. went yes. there also, yeah. Not uh, an actual heart attack. It was, it was a arrhythmia situation. Um, I feel it's really a really good approach. Yeah. It's very patient focused and it's informative and it's enjoyable. Well, I enjoyed it at least, yeah. but I enjoyed it too. People aren't five hours, it. just five or six hours or however long it was. It was a lot. I just, but yeah, it was good. But obviously you've got people there. You've got everyone there. You've got it scheduled. You don't want to schedule three things of two hours each. Exactly. So, yeah. So those of you listening maybe uh, have your surgery scheduled or had your surgery or are looking to schedule your surgery at somewhere other than NYU, which is great. Get it wherever you need to get it. Best of luck to all of you who have this surgery in the future. Let us know how it went for you. Let us know what you encountered, what you wish you had known. And those of you who have been through it, let us know how that recovery was, how you prepared yourself for it, what you wish you had done differently, and what you were happy to have figured out to do right. We would love to hear from all of you. Yeah. Oh, babe, it's exciting. I know it's it's coming up. I'm scared, but whatever. So, yeah, we'll obviously keep you updated. Yeah, you have no choice. Maybe I'm gonna the... be in your ears no matter. Yeah, I got nothing. I'm gonna like two months to just sit here on a couch. So, what are you gonna Maybe. do? I fluent in German. I'm gonna get it. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm gonna get a little. I'm gonna get a smaller laptop so I can play Civ. I'm gonna mm. play a lot of Civilization Six. Nice. It's a very addicting strategy video game uh-huh. that you can just play for ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and get really absorbed in. And then beyond that, I might watch The American Office, which I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that goes for a long time. I'd have to find another show or something to watch. You should at least start Veronica Mars. Oh, yeah. I should start Veronica Mars. I'll do that. That was on my FFS list and I didn't get to it. You failed. Yeah, I didn't watch most. <laughs> I had a whole list of FFS. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. I have a month off. What should I do? And Veronica Mars was on it. And uh, FFS was uniquely bad for TV because you couldn't see for a lot I could of the see. Time. I could see, but blurry. You had the ice packs on. I had the ice. Pa- I watched. I listened to a lot of stand up, mm-hmm. including some people who made me laugh so hard that I almost busted stitches. Yeah, I hope we don't bust any stitches yes. with your junk. Yes, me too. I hope so as well. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to help us keep making more great content, go to patreon.com forward slash gender rebels. Please leave a five-star review on iTunes. And send your questions to questions at genderrebels.com. Or find us on Twitter at The Gender Rebels. Music for The Gender Rebels is by Jasper the Colossal. Follow the link down below or download them on iTunes today. And for all our episodes, visit genderrebels.com. The Gender Rebels is a comeback sync production. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. And to all you Gender Rebels out there, keep rebelling. Bye. Bye.